Hello and welcome to the Van der Sanden Together We Build Greatness podcast series. I'm Matt Davies, National Specification Manager here at Van der Sanden, and I'm joined by my colleague, an RIBA Chartered Architect, Head of Technical here in the UK for us, Sarah Jefferson. In this series, we're going to be discussing and exploring all things brick, bringing you some insights into some innovations, latest trends and techniques, but uh, above all, inspiration. So a bit about myself. So I'm the uh, National Specification Manager here at Van der Sanden, and I'm responsible for the uh, sales strategies around enhancing our specification offering here in the UK. So I previously worked at a well-known uh, K-Brick manufacturer uh, before this opportunity arose, and I moved over to Van der Sanden. So I've got 15 years uh, of experience throughout the construction sector, and that ranges from working closely with architects to practical stuff on site. I'm a huge advocate of collaboration, and, and I do firmly believe that sharing ideas and, and best practice is certainly going to lead to us achieving better results on projects. So, Sarah, do you want to uh, let the listeners know a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I was a project architect for many, many years, working in London and the southeast. And then 10 years ago, I moved into industry to work for a brick manufacturer um, where I met Matt. And um, very recently, at the end of last year, 2020, I joined Van der Sanden as a technical advisor. So I'm simply here to answer anything related to brick, any technical queries, however small, however complex, um, I will do my best to assist um, anyone. So that's my, my role. Fantastic. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, so just before we start with the, uh, the podcast, just do a little bit of an overview of, of who we are at Van der Sanden, just for, for you, the listeners. So we are the largest family-owned brick manufacturer in Europe, and we have that passion for creating fantastic-looking facades and outdoor spaces. We're well-known and respected across the industry uh, for our innovation and our solution-driven approach. And uh, we also have our corporate sustainability report out there to give you a bit more of an insight into what we're doing to try and help the environment. Okay, so let's start with our first Together We Build Greatness podcast. Uh, with our first topic, looking at trends in brickwork. So I just want to start with a quote by architect Louis Kahn. He says, even a brick wants to be something. A brick wants to be something. It aspires. Even a common, ordinary brick wants to be something more than it is. It wants to be better than it is. So Sarah, when I say brick trends, what's the first thing that sort of comes to mind for you? Well, firstly, Matt, I just love that quote. It's brilliant. It's really written, isn't it, for us? Yes. Um, <laughs> so with brick, well, the first thing that anyone thinks about um, when specifying brick, of course, is a combination of the colour, the texture and the format. And um, most recently, and well, thinking about it for the last few years, greys, blacks, white, really the monochrome palette is very, very much in vogue. Yeah. And then um, using those bricks to get lots of texture into elevation. So projecting, recessing brick, lattice brickwork, honeycomb brickwork patterns, all sorts of things that we see, whether that be in isolated areas or you know in the larger use on a facade 
And mm. then in terms of format, there's been a lot of interest in long format bricks, Roman bricks. Yeah. Um, that, and really all of that. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, something else I'm, I'm starting to see sort of creep into the, uh, the colour palette at the moment is um, sort of pastel shades um, and those warm sort of colours. And I, I suppose if we, if we start with colour, yeah, are there any particular things the listeners need to be aware of and some insights into where and how the clay colours are coming about? Uh, yes, it really, will, of course, goes back to geology, the fact that bricks are made of clay. Clay yeah. is a natural resource and um, comes from the ground from millions of years of, of laying down of, of, of rocks, etc., all of the geological background. So thinking about where clay quarries are and then looking at brick buildings in those areas. So mm. um, you'll see in certain parts of the country, you get lots of vernacular buildings in a rich red brick. Yeah. Other parts of this country, you will see more yellowy um, colored bricks. So that all originates from localized quarries. Mm. What you tend not to see so much in this country are grayish colored bricks and the reason for that is that it's very difficult to produce clay bricks that are gray in tone um, from the clays naturally available in the UK uh, whereas in Europe there are many more varieties of clay in the seams there mm. um, which lend themselves to creating um, more of the, the gray colors yeah, and I suppose it's that Vesterveld band of clay which runs, I suppose, through the north part of Europe, Germany, Belgium, Holland. And that's, I suppose, largely where we see a lot of these grey monochromal brick colours coming from. Yes, yes, that's right. Of course, I don't want to mislead people into thinking it's only uh, the original clay colour yeah. that uh, influences the, uh, the brick product. Uh, we can also add pigments to the brick and mm. other materials as well, fire the brick in different ways to influence the appearance of the brick and its colour overall. So it's a whole, it's a whole combination of things, but yeah. um, one of the main factors is the actual clay. Yeah, it's going to, obviously going to be much easier to make a brick colour using a clay, which is naturally going to fire along that sort of colour, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. No, fantastic. So if you move on to the next subject now on, on projection, and brick projection very in vogue at the moment has been for probably the last couple couple of years five six years even so yes yeah, Sarah where, where's it sort of come from and what, what do we need to be thinking about as, as specifiers and architects if we're looking at creating this sort of textual effect and and I, I suppose the big question how far can you actually project a brick if you're looking <laughs> at projecting it well, gosh, yeah, lots of questions there, Matt, and uh, uh, difficult to answer succinctly and, and quickly because every situation is, is different. Projecting and recessing brick is, is nothing new. And if you, you know, look around at old brick buildings, you will see all sorts of details um, mm. that are projecting and recessed. But uh, you do really have to understand your brick and the type of brick you're specifying and then think about um, the projections. So um, just broadly, uh, bricks may be stock bricks that are made in a mould, which typically have a frog in them, yeah. or they may be manufactured as extruded wire-cut bricks, which will have holes or perforations within them. Mm. So if you're going to project or recess, you may be partially exposing the perforations or the frog 
which you won't want to see. So you're going to no. need a solid brick um, in order to do that successfully. Yeah. So that's one consideration. Sorry, Matt, you were about to uh, butt in there. Yeah, I was just um, I was just thinking, so th there must be some other brick types out there which probably solids are standard. Um, I know uh, some manufacturers actually have a certain percentage of stock bricks that they produce in manufacturing that are, are solid. Um, yes, there is another manufacturing method called water struck, which are bricks that are made in a mould and the demoulding agent is, is water. Okay. And these bricks are solid as standard. So specifiers do like them if they are thinking mm. of projecting and recessing because they don't have to worry about specials as solids. Um, of course, it depends on, you know, whether the specifier likes the particular aesthetic yeah. of the water struck brick which uh, oh, it's difficult to describe, isn't it? But it has a slightly industrial yeah, soft, soft look glazy to it. type character, I suppose. Yeah, would that be fair. Um, yeah, I think that's a, a yeah a good way to mm. to describe them. But they are solid as standard, so quite a lot of interest in using those. But as you were saying earlier, um, that some manufacturers will have a percentage of solid bricks mm. within a, a pack of standard wire cut or um, stock bricks that yeah. are frogged. Yeah, fantastic. And then if we're t touching on brick projection again, and just set, like some basic rules, I suppose, for the listeners and, and, and are based upon those different brick types, like in terms of what, what, what should they be taking into consideration? You mentioned frogs, perforations. Yeah, do they, yeah. do they okay. start at a specific point on the brick? Well, it does vary from product to product as to where the brick has been made, but as a very, very rough guide, um, I'm happy to say that sort of 20 millimetres is generally where the frog begins or the perforation begins. So you can probably project or recess, uh, you know, between up to 15 to 20 millimetres okay. without worrying about needing mm. a solid brick. But what you do have to bear in mind is the fact that the bed face of the brick that's normally fully bedded in mortar isn't a finished face. So mm. its colour and texture may be slightly different to the stretcher and header faces of the brick, which are designed to be exposed. So that's a consideration. And then, of course, stability of the wall is something mm. else. And in very general terms, based on the principle of corbelling, you can project up to a third of the width of the bricks. So you've got two thirds bearing. Okay. So that's that's a very, very yeah, general yeah. brief <laughs> overview. But I must stress that every situation is different. Yeah. And I suppose structural engineers can help with that sort of thing and and, and product manufacturers as well of, of the actual bricks themselves. Yeah, d definitely. Um, and of course, with stability, you know, if you've got a very small feature detail, a small panel of perforated brickwork or projecting recessed brickwork, that's one thing. Mm. If it's a whole elevation, then structurally, that's going to be a bit more challenging. And uh, of course, there'll be more issues. Yeah, and I suppose that leads quite nicely onto durability um, element as well and, and ratings for bricks. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just I'd probably be interesting just to let the listeners understand a little bit about um, the durability. So bricks actually go through a, a, a rigorous testing process, don't they, Sarah, under BSEN 771? Uh, yes, we have to declare the test results in accordance with the European standards. So specifiers are able to com 
compare different manufacturers' bricks like for like in terms mm. of their technical performance. Um, clay brickwork is porous and freeze-thaw durability is mm. very, very important, something that specifiers should look at. If you're thinking as a specifier about projecting or recessing a brick, then we would say start with looking at bricks that are classed as F2 freeze-thaw durability, mm. which is the highest performing brick in testing. Yeah. Um, that's that's really the premise, the the, the base start point um, for it, the most yeah. durable. Fantastic. Um, so if we move on to sort of the next next stage now in terms of texture and, and looking to create different types of texture, you mentioned and we, and we both mentioned at the start brick projection, very, very popular um, over the past couple of years or so with architects trying to create that sort of textural effect across their facade very sort of depths of uh, projection are used as well yeah there, is there anything in particular we need to be aware of and, and do we want should we really discuss through different types of of type types of creating texture across a facade do you think well um, i suppose we could start with the fact that actually you've got different texture depending on on the brick specified so before yes. you've even started to arrange the brick in whatever bonding pattern the bricks themselves um, may have a lot of texture or they may be completely smooth it um, entirely depends on uh, what look you're after mm. uh, then you've got the mortar joints to consider as well which contribute to the texture and then yeah. you get on to the bonding pattern and yep whether you project or recess or simply um, take some influences from the past. You might want to create herringbone um, pattern brickwork, mm -hmm. dog tooth brickwork, where you're laying the brick at an angle. Very typically in the past, that might have been used at eaves level, um, yeah. but you can use it in much more imaginative ways, stacking bricks vertically at an angle in a dog tooth effect. Yeah. All sorts of things, really. Once you start to look at brick and how it's used, there are just endless possibilities with texture. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose another another popular one with bonding patterns as well is potentially like hit and miss brickwork or lattice brickwork, where they where the architects looking to use a maybe like a Flemish bond pattern and um, either looking to either I suppose remove the uh, remove that header element to create some uh, maybe some ventilation or some shadow effect across a across a facade um yes and I, I was just thinking as you were talking then that month one thing we haven't mentioned yet is um you do have to be a little bit careful where you have projecting recessed or lattice brickwork in that it can if it's at low level and in an area accessible by the public mm. present uh, a climbing wall yes. uh, the possible security risk and um, just from what i've seen over the years it's surprising um how often it's something that's not considered that mm. architects very much they're you know involved in designing something that looks beautiful and pleasing um and then that just that security aspect has has been overlooked so um, that's quite an important one to bear in mind yeah it's perfect foothold or um hand yeah hold, isn't it yeah. really i suppose <laughs> if you think about it yeah i mean um if we if we then start to look at um, brick becoming that that go-to material of choice for for architects particularly over I suppose the, the last decade we're seeing that sort of resurgence back to brick and you said we, at the start of the podcast with that monochromal palette coming in I mean are there any sort of reasons that you can think behind this I mean other than uh, 
probably the obvious in terms of the circularity and sustainability aspect of brick. Is there anything else that you can you can think of a reasons why brick is becoming so popular? Well, in a sense, I don't think it's ever gone out of fashion, but uh, it's it's durability and the fact that it mm. you know it looks good from the minute it's been built but it can also still look good. You know, you see Roman buildings a couple yeah. of thousand years on that are in brick and that brick still looks good. So it's durability aspect um, certainly makes it very, very popular. It has that sort of sense of permanence and solidity that some mm. other materials don't. And yes, as you touched on there, sustainability, the fact that if you use a traditional lime mortar, that yeah. will potentially allow a brick building to be deconstructed and those individual bricks reused. More difficult if you use a strong cement mortar, mm. but that's certainly of interest. And just in terms of, of context, that a brick building really fits in absolutely anywhere mm. because there are so many different types of bricks Um that are out there to specify and that can be adapted really to um, any context. Yeah and I suppose if we look at brick and, and that level of flexibility that it has and we've, that's largely what we've touched on during the podcast just in terms of colour, different types of shapes that we've mentioned that you can that you can achieve by using the brick and I suppose if we do you want to touch on like the module aspect of a, of a brick and those different sizes again Sarah you mentioned like those linear formats at the start I mean, yeah, how easy yeah. is it really to, I suppose, design with with brick on that basis? Well, um, with brick, you do have to be obsessed with brick dimensions and mortar joint dimensions. There is no getting away from that to make a brick <laughs> building work, I'm afraid. It's just something that architects have to accept and spend time on. Mm. But, uh, you know, there is the help of dimensioning tables. And uh, once you have decided it's brick, you just work with that and then you can really play around um, to get the effect that you want. So you, with brick bonds, you can even invent your own brick bond mm. to produce something truly unique. And uh, particularly if you're specifying a brick of a different length or a different height, whether it's a 50 mil high brick or whether it's a 65 high or other formats, yeah. there is just so much that you can do. But um, as you were saying that, yeah, dimensional coordination and brickwork is key. Yeah. I suppose it's, it's the other key factor is it's always worth speaking to the manufacturer beforehand if, you, if you're looking at designing with bricks, just so the manufacturer is going to know their product better than anyone else. So they can advise on the limitations of each particular brick type, let you know about where the perforations or the frog depressions might be starting. If you're looking at that brick projection aspect, anything else you can think of that manufacturers can help with Sarah? Uh, yes. That's just on brick tolerance. Um, you know, yeah. Clay fired in a kiln. Um, it's a natural material and whilst all brick manufacturers strive to produce bricks that are exactly to the dimensions mm. stated so you know typically standard format 215 long 65 high yeah the reality is that there may be some tolerance variation and in accordance with the european standards manufacturers have to declare those tolerances okay so if, for example, if you're wanting to stack bond brickwork, which is simply where you're stacking bricks one on top of the other, mm -hmm. you're going to want a very, very clean line. 
mm. rather than bricks that vary in size, which could make the stack bonding look a little bit messy. Yeah. So that's something to consult manufacturers on to make mm, sure that definitely. if you are wanting to stack bond, um, to specify a brick that's tight on tolerance that will achieve a, you know, a straight, even line. Oh, brilliant. I suppose that kind of brings our podcast to, to a bit of a, a, a natural close. I mean, our contact details are going to be in the, the podcast description. And, and as Sarah just said, please reach out to us from, uh, from as a manufacturer if you do have any specific brick-related questions regarding any, any of our products. Sarah, anything you, you wanted to add before we go? I think that's probably quite enough for the first podcast. Um, there's just so, so much to talk about with Brick. And I think we've we've touched on a few of the, the key things to begin with. So, um, yeah, nothing more for the moment. Thanks, Matt. Fantastic. So, yeah, if, I, if we think back to that, that quote by Louis Kahn at the start, hopefully today we've uh, given you a bit of inspiration and, and discussed some of the ways that we can make Brick just become something more than it is. And, yeah, thank you for listening to the van der sanden together we build greatness podcast uh, we both hope you found it interesting and informative and until next time stay inspired <laughs>